he chose poorly. Oh yes, that's what I'm talking about. That is my favorite part of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Woo! If you haven't seen it, you need to go watch this classic. It's my favorite one of the entire series. And I'm not going to even talk about that Crystal Skull stuff. But anyway, this is Michelle Zweiber, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom. And I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So come on over. You know what to do. Stick with me as we talk about how to choose wisely. Uh-huh. I'll see you on the other side. Oh, yes. The last thing you want to do is choose poorly. And yet and still, why do we always find ourselves doing just that? But the good thing is, is we're going to look at what wisdom has to say on how to choose wisely. Now, of course, we can't we can't get deep into this because we don't have all day, all week. But what we are going to do is get some quick little wisdom smacks on what we can do to look at it. So the first thing I want to do is tell you, we're going to look at choices and wisdom. But we're going to start with wisdom first and then we'll get into our choices. How about that? All right, let's get into it. So with wisdom, I want to say that if we are trying to make wise choices, we have to understand that wisdom looks different daily than it does long term. Yes, it does. So let me tell you a little bit about what long term wisdom looks like. Long term wisdom looks like you are a freaking genius. Long term wisdom looks like you uh, hit all the right notes, did everything correctly, and life usually came very easily for you. In short, long term wisdom looks like magic or a fairy tale to when you when people are looking from the outside in. Uh, it also looks like an overnight success. That's what long-term wisdom uh, looks like in your life. Like you are living the freaking uh, dream, okay? So just understand that. Now, let's take a look at daily wisdom. (laughs) Daily wisdom often looks like you're being stupid, boring, or futile. It also looks like you're missing out or even having, uh, you're you're stupid. You're uh, doing the wrong thing, okay? Now, As opposed to long-term wisdom, daily wisdom can fool the average person who is unworthy of it. One thing I will say about wisdom and and being here to to serve you in this this, uh, venture is that wisdom does not suffer fools lightly. Mm -mm. Wisdom will make you pay for it because uh, it's hard to appreciate wisdom and to keep it flowing in your life if you've not been tested and if you are not aware of the blessing that it brings to you. So it's just not going to be like, oh, okay, here you go. Uh, Wisdom does not appeal to the low-hanging fruit. It stays in the challenging spaces of rarefied air. Okay, and because of that, wisdom kind of not kind of it requires some things that a lot of us are still working on. And I think we'll continue to work on for the rest of our lives. Namely, it requires a bit of Mm self-denial. It really does. If you're going to have daily wisdom, you're going to find that you deny yourself a lot of things and you deny yourself um, a lot of stuff. Uh, One of the people that I think did daily wisdom so well is Marcus Aurelius, um, uh, a Roman emperor 
from from antiquities. And he was a major follower of Stoicism. And if you just take a look at his uh, famous writing of Meditations, and he talks about what it takes to be wise daily, just even how he talks about getting up out the, out of the bed in the morning. You would think that a uh, popular, well-celebrated, well-liked uh, Roman emperor would not have to deal with the daily drudgery like we do of getting up out the bed and not staying in there all day. But yet and still, even the way he talks about that is a, a great example of daily wisdom. And I'll just even say, he uses this term because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him his props. I'm going to do a podcast on him because I'm just i I'm really enjoying him. But he talks about on sleep and getting out of the bed. He, he says um, that you have to love yourself enough, love nature and love people enough to get out the bed. And he even says, he was like, when I am laying there, pondering whether I want to do this today or not to make this quote unquote choice for daily wisdom, I got to remind myself that if I don't, I'm living below my quota. And when I read that, I was like, oh, okay. So I'm going to say this, that when you want to choose wisely, you have to always have that in the back of your mind. Am I living below my quota? of what I am responsible for. I'm not talking about your potential and all that ego-driven stuff. I'm talking about, are you living below the quota of the life that you're supposed to live to do your contribution? Are you getting an A or a B? Are you getting a D or a F? And low to those people who are happy living and coasting in on seas. And it, it it can really cause you to be like, oh, okay, wisdom. So even Marcus Aurelius, who was a famous Roman emperor, had to deal with daily wisdoms and how to choose wisely. Now, let me jump up back over to um, the opening with uh, the Indiana Jones movie and give you a proper setup if you don't quite remember what that was about. So at that particular time, uh, Indiana Jones had gone through a huge obstacle course to not only find his father, but to chase down the Holy Grail or what was, was known as the, the Cup of Christ. Okay. And he had had to solve all of these different puzzles that um, each one was meant to take him out of here to kill him. Just even following the penitent man's path could mean that he could get beheaded or fall to his death because the path was so treacherous. And then the last one before this, I've mentioned this on another podcast. I guess y'all can tell I really do love that movie. But anyway, the last one where he had to walk uh, the path of faith, where he had to step out on nothing and land on something to follow the narrow path to even get to this. And lo and behold, here come these two people trying to do, as I like to call them, 26 milers. And okay, I'm just going to tell you all what 20, a 26 miler means for me. A 26 miler is that buster that sees you running your marathon. Now, a marathon is 26.2 miles. You can do the kilometers. I'm in America. We, we you know, we backwards like that. We still talking miles. So anyway, uh, marathon is 26.2 miles, right? And 
when you start running your race, a lot of times think of the people who are observing you. They look at you. You don't look like you can run no race. They be like, bless they hard. They going to give out. And then you start running and you start getting tired around mile two. You drag and they be like, see, I told you, you want some water? Come on over here, girl. We can go on and get some, uh, some pizza bites, you know, or we'll go get some, some, um, some treats, you know, and drown our sorrows. And you're like, no, I'm going to keep going. They're like, uh, well, you know, and then by mile four, you are like, oh, I think I'm going to die. I think I'm going to puke. And they're like, well, I told you. And then they got all the, um, advice in the world to give you. Right. And so you just be like, I can't, I can't stop. I have to finish. They're like, you got a long way to go. I don't know if you're going to make it. And so you keep, keep, you know, whatever. And, they, and and so by mile, like 10 or 11, they're, they're tired of you. They'd be like, I don't know why you don't give up. This is futile. This is stupid. I don't, you, you're wasting your life. And they're like, I can't watch this anymore. I, I, I'll see you later. You call me when you're ready, you know, to get back into the, the real world. And so uh, mile 12 through like 22, you're doing it on your own. Nobody is checking for you. Don't nobody care. You still out there. You still doing that? You still keeping up with that? Yes. Mile 23, the cheer, the, the crowd starts thickening because, ooh, the um, finish line is almost there. And by mile 23, most of the folks who were going to quit have quit. And so this is for the people who are going to win and finish. So the mile starts, the crowd starts getting thick and they get word that you still there. And so then they come and they, they start looking at you and they start cheering you because now you have found your stride and you are doing what they obviously know they can't do because even the way you look in the race, they're like, what? You start to look like you belong there. So everybody loves a hero. So they start cheering you, mile 24. They're like, you got this, you go, you go, you do it, you do the doggone thing. Mile 25, oh, they start getting impressed. I'm that is so impressive. Oh my gosh. And then they start thinking that oh, if they can do it, maybe I can do it. But they don't think exactly like I can do it by starting at mile one. Oh no, because by mile 25, you're starting to make this thing look easier than it is. So mile 26, and they see the finish line 0.2 miles down the way, a fifth of a mile away. The finish line is there and you are running and oh, you got this. Now you know what you can, you doing. So you know what they want? They want to come in and guess what? They want to get on your back and they want to say, you don't figure figured all this out. Why don't you just, you know, show me how to do it? Well, AKA, why don't you do it for me? And, um, the, you know, the next thing is, is, uh, well, how about, uh, you hold my hand while I do it. And you're like, I'm still running my race. Oh, I know. So why don't we just do this? Why don't you hold my hand and we run through the finish race together? Yeah. So that is a 26 miler for me. Those people who are not there, not willing to run along with you through the whole race. But when you start making it look good, then they're there. Okay. So thank you for letting me go off on that little tangent <laughs> for a minute. But that is what it looks like for people. So remember I talked about long-term wisdom looks like the fairy tale, like you're living the dream. That's because people don't see all of the sacrifices or you look like you're the overnight success. They don't see it. And so they think, oh, if you can do it, I can do it. And they want to get in on that. Right. All right. So let's get back to this. 
So they are not willing to have the self-denial and the self-restraint and even the sacrifice that it takes to do this daily. Because also it requires, like I said, discernment. You have to understand how to see what and identify properly what is low-hanging fruit. And when we talk about low-hanging fruit, a pic- picture a tree just heavy with ripe fruit. And that fruit that's the lowest to be picked, it doesn't require much. And if you don't pick it at the right time, it's one step away from falling off the tree because it has become overripe and the tree uh, releases it. And so it's the low hanging fruit and the fruit that's fallen off the tree that's on the ground, possibly rotting. That's what people go and they want to pick first. They don't want to go up into the tree to get the, the fruit that is continuing to be nourished by the, by the, uh, source and the and the um, the fruit that is getting the most exposure to the energy source of the sun. No, they want to get the easy ones, you know. So anyway, um, doing the daily wisdom is going to trip you up a lot of times, and that's why I'm saying don't think that oh I am wise. I made wise decisions because there are many obstacles. There are many low hanging fruits that shine brightly that are rightfully so ripe and ready for the picking. But think about it, if you don't incur any kind of obstacle. Are you really getting something that is worth it? Be careful of stuff that's easy for any and everyone to access. And so going back to this um, uh, Indiana Jones thing. So this guy comes in and he has 26 mile his way in here on Indy's back. He runs in and all of a sudden when there's the prize, he's like, oh, I am going to get this Think, you know, and he starts to, you know, pontificate about how great this will be for science and all of this stuff, you know, the lies you tell. So I'm not going to tell you all of it, but some kind of way, <laughs> the cup, uh, a chosen cup of great beauty and um, awe is, is in his hands. And he takes it, he's like, this is the cup worthy of a king. And he takes the cup and he dunks it into the water. He takes a sip of it and he closes his eyes in blissful ecstasy that he is now going to have eternal life. And you know the rest of the story and it gets to the point where the knight says, he chose poorly. <laughs> so what I what what I love about that little wisdom smack moment is that a lot of times to choose wisely is to choose that which you can handle that does not accelerate your demise. Because a lot of people think that choosing wisely means that you're always lucky, that you're choosing every shortcut, every hopscotch, that your life is accelerated to to great bounty and uh, booty and all of that kind of stuff just because you have some insider knowledge of trading. And there is still nothing really free. You know, you don't get something for nothing. There is some type of toll to be paid. And so you get what you pay for. And I was talking about uh, flow the other day, and I'm going to be talking about money flow because, of course, I get people asking about that. But that's okay. We we got you. I'm going to talk about that. Um, You might not like the way I go with it, but we're going to talk about it. I'm going to give you some wisdom on it. Um, But with this, Understanding what it takes to live a daily wisdom is in and of itself an obstacle course in sacrifice, some suffering, 
and a lot of self-denial, self-restraint, and mandatory discernment. Because if you don't discern, you can end up back at the finish line, messed up and having to start over. So now that we've talked about wisdom, what it looks like daily and long term, let's start talking about choices. Because if you're going to choose, you got to have a choice. So briefly, there are some types of choices out there that I want you to be aware of. I'm not going to cover all of them, but for, for this and when we're talking about choosing wisely, the choices that we entertain need to be in line with what we're wanting to do. And so in this particular case of choosing wisely, if you were that man who had rushed in there, <laughs> what I would have said was that you need to understand that you are choosing something for an eternal gain. Literally, he was choosing to get eternal life, but his choice that was before him was one of a test. And so a lot of people don't realize that when you're making a choice, each choice that you make can be one where it might be a test. It might be a one-time choice. It might be a recurring choice or it might be a terminal choice. And like I said, there are many more out there, but let's just talk about these. And so I have found that daily, now that I am cognizant of this, y'all, I am failing my test a lot of days. And the reason why is because when you start your day, when you have been gifted with that brand new mercy of a new day where you open your eyes and hopefully you are in your right senses, you know, you have your faculties of mind, you have movement of body and your senses and everything works and you're blessed with health and healing. What do you do from that moment predicates if you are having a path of wisdom or a path of foolery or foolishness or demise or death, okay? And so like one of the biggest culprits for me is that phone. I use it, I know I shouldn't use it, but I use it, you know, uh, for tracking and um, um, alarms when I use them. And it's, it's usually in close proximity to when I wake up. And I tell you, it's hard not, not picking it up first thing to check and see what has happened, what's going on and all of that. Now, that's a choice that I can make. Another choice I can make is the one that I have scheduled on the phone. So y'all, let me tell you how clever I'm trying to be. So I have all these different timers and alarms set on my clock, I mean, on my phone. And one of them is to remind me that I'm supposed to be doing X, Y, or Z. You know, if I'm supposed to be um, having my meditation time right now or exercise or journaling or writing or whatever. And so I'll have those so that I can justify still having the phone. But I know that I possibly need to get to the point where I don't even need the phone to know that, okay, it's this time I'm supposed to be doing this. I'm a, it's a work in progress. But it was said one time that every day and every moment of the day, we are set with the power of life and death. And it comes by way of choice. And so one of the biggest types of choices you're going to incur is the choice of testing your power. Yes, choice, daily choices test your power. Because when you make a choice, are you making a choice to put off what you know you should be doing? Or are you making a choice to go on and do what you need to? There are 
Many people talk about time management and they're like, it is the biggest fallacy in the world. And instead of having time management, people should have choice power. They should have uh, a choice management because in a given day, we know everybody has the same amount of time and the difference between you and someone else is how they manage themselves within that day. And if you go a little further, you'll figure out that it's not even how they manage themselves. It's how they navigate the test of the choices that they have before them each day. And so they're basically winning at the test. They're they're scoring higher at the test. They are choosing the choices that help them to do more than you or I are doing in a given day. And it comes down to that. So you have the test of choice. Then you have the recurring choices. And the recurring choices are ones that I, I like to call, those are the ones that they, they are building blocks. Think of them as Legos. So a recurring choice is exercise. Exercise does not give you value in and of it just in that day when you do it. But when you make that choice, that recurring choice on a daily basis for enough time, then you start to see the benefit of it. Whereas you have the one-time choices and the one-time choices are different from decisions in that a decision is a state of being where a choice is an action. And so Your choice uh, that could be a one-time choice might be to purchase this thing or to go do this thing. And so that would be a one-time choice. When, When you look back over the course of your time, It's a toss up whether that one choice, that one avenue sets you in a different course or path for your life or not. A lot of one time choices don't, but there are some that do. You know, you always hear people say, I, I, I'm so grateful, serendipity. You know, they might not use the word serendipity, but I, may, I, I can't believe that just by making the choice to be here at this time, this happened. Whereas you got a lot of people that say the reverse. I should have never made this choice to be here at this time and this wouldn't have happened. So those are your one-time choices. And then, of course, we have our terminal choices. Terminal choices are not good because they end something. Have you ever had that choice where, and when I say choices, I mean that there is more than one option available to you. Now, if you only have one way to go, that's not a choice. That's a decision. But when you have a choice, so for instance, you have a choice to plug in something in this outlet as opposed to that outlet. You plug it into the wrong outlet and you burn your breaker system and 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 mess up an entire uh, uh, wall of your house. Ask me how I know that. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Let's keep moving on because I don't want to bring that up. <laughs> but there are terminal choices. Okay. So for today, we're talking about the testing choices, which are the majority that you're going to go into. We're talking about the recurring choices, those that build upon each other, the one-time choices that can either be just, you know, or they can be life-changing. And then the terminal choices, which means they put an end to something. Okay. And people have heard me speak about decisions a lot, but they don't hear me talk about choices. And I actually had one guy ask me, he says, why do you hate choices so much? I said, I don't hate choices. And so this was another way for me to help people understand that for as powerful as decisions are, choices have their place and they're very powerful as well. Because choices, like I said, are about actions where decisions are about state of being. 
And so choices, when you make them the right way, they propel you towards your decisions. So I look at decision as the parent or the general, let's do it that way, and choices as the lieutenants and the the, the foot, foot soldiers, boots on the ground, making what your decision is happen. So with that, I want to just say that choices are made to be built on uh, one another, whereas decisions are made to stand alone. I hope that makes sense because we got to get, we got to finish this up. Okay. So when you want to choose wisely, I want you to consider a daily menu. And um, I want to bring up one of my favorite, um, my my uh, favorite, uh, what do you call it? Uh, quotes, excuse me. I was at a loss for words there. But one of my favorite quotes is this, and, and it's by Ralph Waldo Emerson. And I've said it before on other podcasts, but listen to it. He says, the years teach much with which the days will never know. And so remember how I talked about long-term wisdom looks like you have made it, you are overnight success, whereas daily wisdom is very hard to discern and it looks like crap. It looks like hard work, suffering, unnecessary pain, and, and it doesn't even make sense to people around you. And that is because I love how Ralph Waldo Emerson says it. He says, the years, basically what he's saying is, the years will teach you a lot which your daily struggles are never going to know about because the, the, the years are culmination of this daily wisdom. And I always laugh at how people try to use a one-time choice to propagate a lifetime of wisdom. And so let's get into how to step-by-step do this, this day, do this choosing wisely. And that is, let's be Indiana Jones. Let's not be the guy who thought that his one-time choice was going to hit it on the head and, and just make everything great. We have to stop putting our hope in those one-time choices over and over again. That's why when you hear people saying, I bet the farm on this one thing, it has to work. What they're doing is they're hoping that a one-time choice will do what a daily choice of wisdom will certainly do. We have to reevaluate and refocus on how we go about living a life that gives us the things that we want. I'm very guilty of this. There have been many times when I've said, this is going to be the one. This is going to be the thing. Let me just tell you, I live off of my book earnings. And I'm very blessed to do that. And it took me a way longer time than it should because I am not that fast and that smart. I have to work for my stuff to realize that he or she who has the most buy buttons up wins eventually. I don't need a bestseller. What I need is a lot of se- a lot of sales to be a bestseller. And just even understanding that, that daily wisdom predicates that little becomes much when it accumulates, that truly when Benjamin Franklin said that one of the wonders of the world is the law of compounding interest, it is true. And that's where our daily choice menu is going to come from. Um, I'm going to do it. Maybe I'll do a, a choice of the day kind of thing in the in the uh, future. But for right now, let's talk about having a daily menu of choices that we consider. And with those, we want to start focusing on the test 
types of choices, meaning that if I choose which one of the choices before me, if I choose it, it's going to give me the biggest bang because I will say what you pay attention to, energy flows, but also awareness grows. And folks don't realize that if you become aware of something, your knowledge of it and your uh, proficiency and even mastery of it grows as well. When you start paying attention to the choices in front of you and you start really seeking out, remember seeking, you will find, and you start to seek out what is going to be the best one because this is a test. Which one is going to give you the biggest bang for your buck for the longest amount of time, you're going to immediately start seeing how your life changes. It is going to affect every area of your life, not just your money. It's going to affect your health because when you're sitting there or standing there looking in the fridge or looking at even should I cook or should I go and get something, what you decide, what you choose, excuse me, what you choose from to put in your body, if you start paying attention to that, that's part of the daily menu of choices. So just understand, and I do want to put these in hierarchy, and that is testing choices. There are so many of them that we encounter in a day. And too many times we are not aware that this is a test <laughs> and we might be failing a little too much. So we definitely want to pass that test. And that means to pass the test, you need to start studying better, start making better informed choices and start seeking to understand what's really being offered, what's really at hand. And then after that testing choice, let's look for those recurring choices that we can build on because all choices really are about action. And if we do it right, our actions should build day upon day. Um, I was going to talk about uh, something else that dealt with, well, anyway, I'm not going to talk about that right now, but because I want to really hone in on this, that when you have a daily menu of choices and you and you start to categorize them, chunk them down where they make sense, you give yourself a, a higher propensity to have a higher uh, chance or increase your odds of success. So we've got our testing choices. Now we've got our recurring choices, recurring choices. My grandmother would have called these if she were still alive. She wouldn't have called them choices. She would have called them tendencies. And she would have said, what you tend to do is who you really are. And so look at your tendencies. If you don't understand what your recurring choices are, what do you tend to do when you are not paying attention? What is your auto default system? That's going to start to help you to identify where a lot of your recurring choices are. And it's a lot of times it's going to be around actions, activities, and things. If you tend to eat uh, in ways that gives your body energy, then you will tend to have a lot of energy and hopefully a lot of health. If you tend to have a regimen of moving your body on a daily basis, then you will tend to have a better capacity uh, for arresting heart rate that's healthy, for making sure that you're giving your body what it needs to do its job and reinforcing it, and also understanding the power of day exercise. And I was looking at uh, an interview from a guy who was a billionaire, is a billionaire, and he said something so profound. And he was like, making money is easy. He says, anybody can make money. 
it's money, getting money is not hard. And everybody kept waiting for him to tell them the secret of getting money and making money. Even me, I was like, okay, what are you going to say? And he goes into this story about how many rejections and how he did stuff daily. And he always got rejected and over and over again. And he became the laughing stock of his industry. And it wasn't until he got this big break from an off chance of going to a party where the guy who had the power over the other people that he had been calling to try to get business from said, basically, if you don't do business with this guy, you don't do business with me. And I marbled that around in my mind for a long time because I was like, why would he say getting money is easy? But then tell us this 10 minute story about all this rejection. And at first I thought it was just about, oh, he had tenacity to get up every day, sit at his table with a phone book because at the time he was using a phone book and call people knowing he was going to get rejected. But every day he still did it and he knew that he was the laughing stock. He knew people were avoiding him. He knew people were not going to help him. And I was like, okay, so that's tenacity, even when you know. And then I thought, well, maybe it's about the grind. But then I was like, there are a lot of people that grind every day that don't uh, amass billions of dollars. And then it finally hit me. I was like, duh, I am so ditzy when it came to this. What he was saying without just coming out and saying it is that he was using the types of choices that we're talking about here. He was using a testing choice, a a one-time choice, as well as recurring choices. So let me break this down. He said he had a daily routine. Every day he would get up and he would get to dialing for dollars, but he'd never get dollars. Okay, so that's recurring. Getting up and starting the dialing for dollars was the test. So each day he was winning the test. So I was only cluing in to, oh, yeah, he was building tenacity and grit and grind. I understood that the choice he was making was a test for that. But the recurring is where I missed it. And I want you guys to listen to me real quickly. If you've gotten to this point, God bless you, because this will help to change your life. It has changed mine. It continues to change mine. It is not easy to do, but it is something that once you know it, you can claim it and you can do it and you can succeed at it. And that is this. Listen to this powerful wisdom smack that when you have this pronged approach of daily winning the test to choose to do the actions, that are going to be recurring, you will increase your propensity and your odds for having a one-time choice that will change your entire life. You see, a lot of people are always just looking for that one-time choice, that quote-unquote grand opportunity, when they don't realize that passing the testing choice each day And doing the recurring choices will make way for more one-time opportunity choices that will benefit something. Instead of you not doing the testing, not having the recurring foundation to build on, and thus thinking that this one-in-a-shot million kind of thing is going to just come from out of the blue. So let me go back real quick and unpack how this epiphany came to me as I was like, I want to choose wisely and I want to be able to articulate that back to myself so that I can always choose wisely. So think about it. The guy says he gets up, he starts 
calling people um, from uh, his list of folks that are in his industry. He never gets past the gatekeepers, but the people know that he's calling because word on the street is that he's calling and, and, and they're looking down on him because they don't think he belongs in their industry, but he doesn't give up. So each day he passes the test of not giving up. Each day he does recurring. And what did we say recurring choices do? They build on each other. They might look stupid in the day. Remember, let's talk about daily wisdom. Daily wisdom often looks stupid, boring, futile. It requires self-denial, restraint, and some sacrifice, and it requires discernment. Discernment, in this case, is to know if you are doing something recurring that is good for you. Because you can have a, a recurring choice to smoke cigarettes, to do drugs each day. And your discernment could be totally off where it will cause you to lose everything that you had and then some. So we have to still use discernment. But anyway, so how did he manifest this one time chance? Well, he manifested it because a guy that was in the industry and started hearing about this guy who would not quit. He was like, I want to meet this guy. Now, where did this come from? This came from his recurring choices of calling these other folks and never giving up, never taking no for an answer to the point where they're gossiping about him like, dang, when is this guy going to get the message that we're never going to work with him? But there was that one guy who happened to be the one who had more power over all of the others who said, hmm. He never gives up. He always calls. You've never returned his calls. You've never done anything for him. And so this guy is curious. What kind of guy does this? Now, remember, he's made the choice each day. The test has been presented and he has passed to get up and dial for dollars, even though the dollars are not there. He even went on to say that he, his, he was about to lose his house. He was uh, cash strapped and everything, but he kept going. Okay, so the test is proving fruitful for him. And the recurring has built up this muscle of where he doesn't take rejection and he keeps going, understanding that if I keep going, I will eventually do something will break for me. And so this other guy, the big one who is like, I want to meet a guy who just won't give up. And he meets him and he summons him to actually come meet him. As the guy tells the story, he goes to the guy and he's like, you know what? Hmm. He's like, I have a party that I'm hosting. I want you to attend. And the 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 guy who has been dialing for do dollars is like, uh, I don't really, you know, have anything to attend the party. He's like, it's it's gonna be a casual party. Just show up, and you know, I'll make sure that when you get there, they know to bring you to me. So the guy does as, as required. He's a little apprehensive because he knows that this guy is way out of his league. And he knows that this is a big wig in the industry he's even trying to break into. And he doesn't even know why the guy is being so nice to him. Okay. But he does go to the party. Remember, this is a one-time type of choice because he could have said, he could have talked himself out like, I don't know what his deal is. I don't know. But he took the chance and he went. Now, I'm going to venture to say, this is me putting a little bit of my whatever on it, my opinion on it, that he chose to go to the party because what else did he have to lose? He has such a high uh, tolerance for rejection and for become, being the laughing style that it, his ego did, would not take a big hit 
if this guy was going to kind of do something to him that the rest of the industry had. I'm going to say that because of these recurring choices that he had built up over this time. So he goes to the party. The guy uh, that has invited him, you know, speaks to him a lot and he starts asking him things like, he's like, okay, so a word on the street is that uh, you've been trying to, you know, get get your foot in the door. And uh, he says, tell me, who's, who's currently working with you? And the guy chokes up and thinks, oh my gosh, I don't have anybody working with me. Uh, I don't know what to say. But instead of trying to pretend like they were helping him and he was further along than he was, he tells the truth and he says, none of them. He says, are any of them here at this party? And of course, all of them are there. The guy who's even asking the question knows it. And the guy who's telling the story about the guy helping him, says that he gave him some kind of wink or indicator that he knows that they are not there. And he's like, yes, all of them. And he was like, okay, well, stick with me. I've got something I'm getting ready to do. Supposedly, he goes, he calls everybody's attention, everybody comes near, and he makes a toast to the new guy. And he says, this is my friend. And he says, he is uh, going to be doing some work with me. And I heard that he's uh, been reaching out to some of you. And he says, anybody who is uh, doing some deals with him, let me know. And I'll throw some more business your way. Anybody who he's called and has not, it would not go good for you, go, go well for you. And that's, you know, I'm paraphrasing all of this. And thank you guys for letting me tell the story because I'm showing you how your daily menu of options of the types of choices you have matters and you have to be self-aware. So all of a sudden, everybody who had been talking badly about him, denying him, laughing at him, saying you will never be a part of this industry. This is a closed society. You cannot get in because the big wig, the alpha of the group accepted him. And he accepted him not because of what he was trying to do, but because of the choices, the daily choices he was making. Remember, Ralph Walder Emerson said that years teach much, which the days will never know. This guy had been at this for a long time to the point where he was bankrupt. He was about to lose his home and everything. But because of those recurring choices, they built up a reputation for him that could not be denied by a person in the know. All right, so your daily menu should be that you look and analyze and become aware of the types of choices that you are encountering because the things you do in the dark will be seen in the light and you want them to appeal to the right people with the right ways to give you a one-time choice that has a high probability of changing the entire trajectory of your life. Think about the person, the comedian who is grinding over and over again, showing up and and doing the work. They might not be the funniest, but their work ethic cannot be denied. Here's looking at you, Kevin Hunter. I mean, Kevin, not, ooh, not Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Hart. Oh, not Kevin Hunter, Kevin Hart. Here's looking at you, Kevin Hart. <laughs> and uh, understanding that he has gotten to where a lot of funnier more talented comedians have not because of these same choices. It's very evident when you lit, when you read his book. He goes over, he doesn't articulate it the way we're talking about it right now. But if you know 
the whole deal about the types of choices, you hear them all over the place of the choices he made, the testing choices, the recurring choices, the one-time choices he had, and all of that. And you see how over and over again, this becomes more evident. So what I want you to do is when you want to choose wisely, I want you to first and foremost, get clear on what you want. Get clear on your message, on your plan, on your strategy or whatever. Put some wisdom into it, meaning that you understand what you have to do and you need to do daily and understand that how you use your choices is going to predicate what your long-term wisdom looks like. Okay, if you are a person who's easily led by the nose and every day you just take whatever happens as it happens as a reactionary, you're only going to have a lifetime of reactions. But if you get proactive with this, meaning that you start to understand the types of choices being put forth, you pass the test, you become a recurring choice aficionado, you build up the things that you need to you're going to notice that you stop looking for the one-time choice here and there and getting fooled and tricked each and every time, putting all your hope in that one-time choice and it never working because it has nothing to stand on. It's a one in a trillion chance that a one-time choice comes to somebody undeserving. I mean, let's face it, a lot of times when those types of choices come, a lot of times those people can't even handle or hang on to the trajectory. Think about the homeless guy who was a great singer. And because he didn't have that underpinning of that sound base of recurring choices every day underpinning him, he wasn't able to keep what had been given to him. Remember, to whom much is given, much is required. And that is why daily wisdom never looks like you think it does. And when you see someone living the life that you want, I can almost guarantee you that they had to do this daily menu of choices. So as we're coming to a close, I want to continue to talk to you a little bit about how to choose wisely and move from there. So to choose wisely, I want you to get clear on uh, your plan put some wisdom into it by understanding what you need to be doing daily. And, you know, let the let the future take care of itself at first, because right now you need to build a habit of making sure that you pass the test on your choices, making sure that you start, if you don't already have recurring choices that are good, you start working on building them. Okay. The next thing is, is write it down and review it daily. You can reinforce what you want and how you want to choose by simply writing it down and rereading it. That's why people journal. That's why people have affirmations. And that's why repetition works. People learn, they change, and they grow by repetition. So a recurring choice, if you can't remember what a recurring choice is, just remember repetition. Okay. All right. So then the next thing is, is choose to engage in the activity that reinforces your clear message. Meaning that if you don't understand what the test is, go back and look at what you said you wanted to do. And when you wake up each day and throughout the day, make the choices that get you closer to achieving that message that puts you on that path. And then the next thing is stick to your plan. Don't overcomplicate it. I've been very guilty of doing this. Do not add more than what is needed. Remember the other day when we talked about the deep end of simple, we talked about what Einstein said, that for something to be its best, it be it must be the most simple as possible and no more. Well, then we looked at others that talked about complexity 
is for the the normal person or the lazy mind. But simplicity is for the genius. Start becoming genius about your plans and your actions each day. And there is a book, and I'll just tell you, uh, it's uh, by Mel Robbins, and she talks about the five-second rule. That's the name of the book. I'll drop a link in the description. And she talks about how once she made the choice to give herself five seconds to take action, that's when her life changed. And so it's kind of another way of saying how to make these wise choices. It's a quick and easy read. Um, and I encourage you to get it. I'll, I'll put it in the link. But guess what, you guys? My time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Mwah. I enjoy you so much. I hope that this helps you. Please uh, don't forget to like, share, comment. Help me get the word out about these daily wisdoms. Yes, we're doing them daily, y'all, daily, about these daily wisdoms that are are helping people. I get you. Thank you for sending me directly how much something has helped you. But help me and help others by by sharing this, getting the word out and commenting in the open so that people can see what you're saying. And of course, please don't forget to uh, support the podcast uh, by using our Amazon link at michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. Also, you can uh, directly support us if you'd like, because I've had people ask, check the show notes. Uh, we have Cash App and Venmo and PayPal donations. And there is also a way to support the podcast directly through Anchor. So on that note, I'm going to see y'all tomorrow. Thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and love you dearly, darlings. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, Uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.